This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Addison Stevens, 35, Apollo. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. I write this because I see a need to defend and to be an advocate for the broken. And maybe, by my vulnerability, give voice to others who have borne the weight of shame from their behaviors and are desperate to find healing also. I hope to give someone a look at a broken boy who is learning to be a man so that I am held accountable to continue my healing and growth. At the same time, I want to be a voice to the wary, saying with certainty that you are not alone in your hidden shame thoughts, and behaviors. These are the words of Addison Stevens, Apollo, who is a peaceful warrior on a mission to help others who are fighting the mental battle. Those who are wounded, in pain, and desperately need to hear their story matters, that they are known and are loved without conditions. In today's episode, Addison shares how abuse, drugs, alcohol, and the suicide of his brother led him to a very dark place where he questioned God, his worth, and why he should continue to live. After giving God an ultimatum, Addison's life turned around, and he is now on a journey to help others find the peace necessary to fight the mental demons. Addison and I have a great discussion on the strategy he used to redirect his mind and put him on a different course how to identify those who are struggling and how to properly approach them and what he believes the number one message we all need to hear when it comes to self-worth. And as always, if you enjoy this episode, please share it with your family, other packs, and on social media. Now for today's episode. Packs, welcome back to another show of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Uh, this is Dr. Tunisant, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And guys, we have a fantastic show today. I am super excited about our guest. We have none other than Addison Stevens, otherwise known as Apollo. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very much. Awesome, awesome, awesome to be here. Well, great, brother. So, so let's start real easy. Let's let's learn a little bit about uh, your F3 journey here. Uh, I like the name Apollo. Give us a little background of where you post, uh, how you got into F3, if you will, and, and why the name Apollo. Sure, ab- absolutely. So uh, two years ago, a little over two years ago, I was EH'd uh, by a gentleman named Tug. Um, he then quit very, very quickly after he EH'd me. my uh, Proud Papa is no longer an F3, but uh, he um, showed up and said, Hey, I've got, I have this workout group, this men's workout group. And um, after the military, after I got out in 2010, 
I was uh, really looking for some camaraderie, some sort of uh, some sort of place to plug in, just to really be able to uh, kind of recapture the things that I had lost uh, getting out of the Marine Corps. And um, I showed up uh, to the Kingdom, which is uh, in Houston or in Katy, which is right next to Houston. It was the only AO there. Um, started going there, uh, four or five different guys. And I got named Apollo because uh, I had said that I like apologetics, which is the study of Christianity or the study of a religion outside of the, uh, the Bible or outside of uh, the holy book that they prescribe to. So it's scientific study, philosophical study, logical study of Christianity. Um, and, uh, and so that's where Apollo came from. Now, I was at Ruck in san antonio dark helmet started calling me a, a pollo because his because he thought well there should be two l's in there and then that became the chicken and then that became king chicken and now i have really no idea what my name is it's either a pollo or a pollo or a chicken it kind of just shifts depending on what i'm naming well that's funny because I, I know pax can't see it but uh, we're currently recording on zoom and on his little name plate, it says Addison the chicken. And so it was throwing me off. Uh, and so that makes perfect sense. And I personally know Dark Helmet. He's a, he's a fellow PAX member in my region. And uh, he's famous for kind of uh, uh, play on words, if you will, and, and mumble chatter uh, out it's, there in the gloom. It's so funny because if I were, if it was anybody else, there's no way the name change would work, but it's like Dread, <laughs> OBC, Dark Element. These people, when they do it, you're like, well, that's my new name now. Right. It is Just what accept it, is it right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and that's interesting about Apollo anyway. I would have never guessed apologetics based on Apollo. I was thinking, you know, more of space or, yep. you know, some kind of rocket uh, aspect of things. Thought maybe you had a love of NASA or something like that, but uh, evidently not. So apologetics, no, no. what got you interested in apologetics? A really good question. Um, I, in the, uh, so I grew up conservative Christian. Uh, I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. And there was a lot of, um, there was abuse. Uh, there were um, verbal, physical, uh, sexual abuse. Um, all five of us children ended up with uh, addictions, um, uh, just a lot of different stuff. My, my younger brother killed himself about five years ago. He was 23. So there was a lot of things that pointed to this was not an environment of, uh, of really good mental or emotional health. And um, as I was uh, growing up in that, I, I became very uh, disenchanted, disenfranchised with the Christian church and what I considered to be just so many uh, fake people, uh, hypocrites that were going in and saying everything is perfect. But then uh, in my story, it was that there was uh, just chaos when we would come home, perfect family at church and then chaos. Um, I fell away, uh, got addicted to uh, substances, um, simply addicted to cocaine, uh, meth, uh, you name it. I just put it into my body. And, uh, at the time, I, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't really understand the levels of pain that I was trying to, uh, to, to overcome. But uh, as I was going through that journey, I um, uh, got off of drugs, became an alcoholic, went into the military. But throughout that entire process, I still had this foundation of there is a God and, um, and, and I'm a Christian. Um, what I really started getting into apologetics 
was when people started telling me about how uh, I was ignorant or stupid for believing the things that I did. And I, I, it pissed me off because there's some incredibly smart, amazingly um, educated people that, that not only believe this, but have been backed it up. And uh, it got me on a journey of being able to look at somebody and say that there's intellectual reasons not to not to believe in this God. But for the most part, those intellectual reasons, they're pretty, they're pretty small. For the most part, it's an emotional or volitional reason to not go into uh, a spirituality of some kind. Somehow it's scary. It's giving your control up. It's, it's doing something that you wouldn't want to do. But I get hit with a lot of the questions of if there's a, there's a God, then why is there evil or something like that? So apologetics was one of those things that allowed me to be able to step in and say, I'll clear away your two or three intellectual objections, but I really want to get to the heart of the wound that is there, which is, I, mean, I talked to a guy yesterday and he said, my hump is that I, I held a child in, in Haiti while they were starving and dying. And I was born in America, very, very, very well off, didn't have to worry about any of that. So why it is, why does this thing happen? That's an emotional thing. That's not an intellectual thing, yet, but uh, to me, I needed both sides. I needed to be able to say, if you were coming and you were asking questions, I don't want to be the one that says, well, I don't really know, but it just takes faith. It does, but at the same time, it takes faith for everything. And I'd much rather put my faith into something that is more logically able to back up than not. And so that's really the reason why I got into apologetics in the first place. Got it. Well, man, uh, that's quite a colorful story that you kind of snuck in a lot of a lot of unique details in there that we're going to have to maybe unpack a little bit here. And before we kind of do some of that, I just kind of want to, um, you know, say to the audience, I've, I've asked Apollo to come on the podcast today um, because he's really kind of uh, taken it upon himself and has a, a mission in life that uh, I think will resonate with, with a lot of us. And, um, and you may be familiar with some of his work. Uh, he's been writing some blog posts and uh, has been sharing them. Um, at least I've seen them on the Slack na national channel. Probably you're probably um, putting them out there on other uh, platforms as well. But that's where I've seen them. And he's kind of come up with this concept of the peaceful warrior. And uh, he's done a really good job of kind of putting things on paper that a lot of us might you know, have trapped in our minds and in our heads and maybe not be willing to talk about. And so we're going to kind of dive into some of that information here as we go uh, along the show. But before we do that, and, and I know you kind of gave a brief background, I don't know if you want to expound on any of that uh, so that you can just maybe paint a picture of, you know, who you are, uh, what kind of got you to this point, some of those struggles, and really to this point where you decided that, you know, enough was enough. I'm going to be this different person and then have this mission to help these other people. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'll expound upon uh, a few points. So in my childhood, I, I did grow up uh, without wanting uh, anything uh, physically, I guess uh, we were well off. And so there was, there's a conception of this is a good life because you didn't have to worry about anything. And, 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 if I was to compare against the uh, third world country, then yeah, I had everything that I ever needed. Unfortunately, wounds stick with someone and it doesn't necessarily matter the circumstances of how those wounds got there. If 
a wound has stuck inside of your head. It just doesn't go away until you address that, look at it, figure out why it's there and what it's doing and how it's shaping the uh, actions and responses that, uh, that you're doing. So as I was growing up and as I was um, listening and memorizing uh, all these things with, with, with Christianity, I, I really was, like I said, very disenchanted, disenfranchised from it. And um, I fell in love with this sub-community of uh, drug addicts um, because they were more accepting than anybody else that I'd ever, I'd ever met up to that point. They didn't care what I believed, what I looked like. They, they didn't care how many times I prayed or didn't pray. They cared about if I was funny, if I was cool, if I was chill, whatever the words that they used. And I really learned that those people have more acceptance um, in that area at that time in my life, so 16, 17 years old, um, than the church did. And uh, that became somewhat of a big thing for me because uh, as I am now, as I'm writing here, I want to be able to shed light on the fact that there's really amazing, amazing people that are doing really, really, really just amazing, accepting things. And they're also drug addicts and they're also struggling and they're also honest about that struggle because they don't have a place to hide. So um, I started down the road of uh, kind of being more involved in the uh, subcultures of uh, of of culture versus uh, kind of a mainstream. Um, I got kicked out of my house and sent to a two-year program called Alert, Airline Emergency Resource Team. It's a conservative Christian cult-based uh, men's men's group where we went out and we trained and did disaster relief across different countries. I went to Haiti um, during a tsunami in 2004 and 2005 and did disaster relief over there, went to the Astrodome for Katrina, did disaster relief over there, um, saw death and rape and murder, uh, saw a bunch of stuff, just just horrific things. And uh, this is prior to the military. So uh, I, I did that for two years, uh, got out, had no marketable skills except for just a random smattering of uh, training. I decided that I was going to join the Marine Corps. I uh, lived in Tyler, Texas, East Texas at the time. Did uh, the Marine Corps from 06 to 2010, deployed to Iraq in 07 and 08, um, got married, we eloped in Vegas in 2009, and pissed off our parents both, uh, just really, really did. I did everything the wrong way. I, I got my GED in the Marine Corps, I didn't graduate high school, um, and everything about my alcoholism, everything about my just hurt and wounded and brokenness came to a really big, big, big head uh, in, in 2020. Um, during COVID, I broke down. I had panic attacks. I went to the emergency room thinking that I was having a heart attack. And it was at that moment that I realized that anxiety was killing, that I was living this life of alcoholism and um, uh, hiding behaviors and actions, money that I was spending been married for 12 years and have two amazing children. And I really felt like I was just barely surviving, just barely living with a house and a job and everything. And I realized that um, I, wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to continue this way. So I really had to say, either I'm going to say to myself that I'm, I'm forgiven and I can forgive myself and I can move forward 
in this freedom of not having to shame myself every single day for the actions that I've done, I can live in that or I can live in this shame. And if I continue to live in this shame, I, I made the made the decision that I would much rather actually just shoot a bunch of heroin up and OD and kill myself because that seemed more appealing than continuing to live a lie that I had been doing, trying to not be an addict, white knuckling everything and sitting there saying, it's, just, it's not working. I'm too weak. I'm too, I'm not strong enough to be able to do this. Everyone else has it figured out and I don't. Um, it was in that breaking moment that I felt the presence and the love of God hit me. And regardless of Christian or not Christian, regardless of whatever you believe, I had a turnaround in that moment because I accepted that I was okay. And that was the biggest, biggest thing that I could have absolutely ever accepted was the fact that I deserved to have some healing, that I didn't deserve this insane punishment that I was giving myself for 20 years or that I assumed everyone else was giving me. And um, I became convicted that uh, many people are dealing with the same, with very similar thing, that they are not okay with who they are, that they are living a life where they feel very, very much dichotomic state, the dichotomy of a state where one side of their brain says, I'm okay. And another side says, I'm a total POS. I don't have, I lie and cheat and do all these different things. I started talking about it and men started gravitating towards it. And it became this incredible, incredible, freeing, just amazing story after story of men reaching out. Um, There's a guy that uh, he was in overseas and reached out, never met me, had tried to commit suicide two weeks prior. And uh, I talked to him. He's now part of F3 over in England. And uh, it wasn't me sitting there saying something. It's that he felt alone and somebody needed to be able to tell him you're not alone. And I told myself that if no one was going to tell that to me, then I was going to tell that to everyone else. Because I'll be the first to admit that I struggle with self-esteem, that I struggle with, uh, with self-reliance, that I desperately want to know that I'm doing okay, that I clearly and very, very, very strongly don't believe in myself in many areas. And all those struggles, they just don't, I don't like talking about them, but no one does. But if we're not talking about it, then how is somebody else going to sit there and say, yeah, I feel the same way? Because it's just hiding at that point. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for being vulnerable there and kind of sharing some of that background and, and some of those struggles. And certainly, um, you know, it's a, it's a colorful story. And, and it sounds like, you know, you've really been through a lot that uh, I can certainly understand. I can't relate to all of that, uh, you know, by, by no stretch of the imagination. But I think, you know, regardless of what our circumstances are, I think we all can go to that dark spot. And we all can kind of have that self-doubt and we can all find the reasons why we're not good enough and why we're unlovable or why we're not living up to the expectations of whomever or whatever we think we're supposed to live up to. And, and we find ourselves falling short. And so, um, and it sounds like you've recognized that that's a, that's a pretty dark spiral to con- continue to go down and yes. that instead of focusing on that, having that realization that you are enough that you are unconditionally loved and that regardless of what you do, nothing can make you unlovable. And, and, and that's, that sounds fantastic. And so as a result of that own transformation or, or 
And let's just be honest, it's a journey, right? None it's of us has been this thing, none <laughs> yeah. of this figured out. And I know yeah. you're constantly working on yourself on a daily basis, just like I am. And, and hopefully those that are listening to this are as well. Um, but you decided to kind of put some action steps to it. And, and I love that you have, and you've kind of created this blog and we'll give um, a link to it in the show notes and everything. So everyone can, can reach out and, and read it awesome. for themselves, but you've kind of turned this phrase, the peaceful warrior. So help us understand what does the peaceful warrior mean to you and, and kind of, why did you choose that terminology? Uh, I'm really glad you asked that. It's what I'm kind of most excited about. Uh, I see I see a warrior inside of me that had rebelled for, for many years. He, he honestly thought that there was threats everywhere. Um, part of it is, is PTSD symptoms. Part of it is just symptoms of when you're in a mistrusting situation, you learn that everything is mistrustful, that everything is a, is a war zone. And so my warrior was strong. Uh, my warrior was very, very, very intimidating. And I could basically push people away at will or at need. Um, I, it last year during my transformation, one of the biggest things that I have been working on is mindfulness, uh, slowing down, meditation, uh, and then trying to reach this idea of compassion, uh, looking at people in the same sickness, in the same state of disease and hurt that I'm in. Um, and so I gravitated towards this idea of the peaceful warrior. What I want is I want my warrior to be strong enough to walk into the storm of a person that is not okay. They're not healthy and they're pushing people away and they believe themselves to be uniquely effed up. They believe themselves to be uniquely wrong in so many areas. And so my warrior, I try to turn on to be able to walk into that storm, to go up to the small child inside of that storm and say, you're wounded, you're hurt, and I need to give you a hug. Because I want to give you a hug. Because somebody, somebody needed to give me a hug. They, they needed to wrap their entire warmth around me to be able to say, I am in your corner. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. Those are the things that you've put as your identity. Your identity is outside of that. Your identity is who you are at the core of you. And it's good. And it is worthy. And it's worthwhile. And it's acceptable and accepted and lovable and love. And so I thought, the best way to do that for me is to be at peace so that I could have people come up and they didn't feel that anxiety when they talked to me. They didn't feel that I, I can't get my things out because it's just too much. I want to be someone that is at peace to be able to say, no, you're more than welcome to be here. And I also want my warrior to be able to take everything that is being said and given and done and realize that those are just the actions out of wounds, out of hurt and out of fear versus out of a, uh, uh, some sort of dig against me or against somebody else. Um, I had thought so much about different, what do I want to call this? What, what really do I want to stand for? And what I realized is that I don't, I love my personality. I didn't like it for a very long time. I realized that I'm abrasive in some ways, that I'm just not going to be somebody that is quiet or that people will say, oh, look at that guy over there. But I think that that's needed. And I think that for me, I get to reach somebody, and you and I were talking about this before starting, your audience that you're reaching, it is a niche audience in one sense. And I'm okay with that being a niche audience in my sense as well, because just like you had said, 
going to resonate with some and it's not going to resonate with others. But somebody that looks at me and says, that's what I needed to hear because I want to be this peaceful warrior. That's when I know that this is resonating with some people, that other people feel that this is the right pathway, that the, the, the conflicts that we have on a daily basis just with each other, that's not really being a peaceful warrior. That's just being a warrior. That's just looking at them and trying to win, trying to win in battle. And I don't think that that's, I, I know that that's not the right place to be. I know that if we want actual community, it's going to take all of us putting away our warrior, putting on our peace, and looking at each other and say, let's find out what we're more in common than what we're more against with each other. Yeah, man. Well, I love the name. I think I can resonate with that. I, I can, it's a good visual. You can kind of envision this, you know, you're not losing any of that masculinity that sometimes people think about when, when they're passive or less abrasive people like, you know, they think, well, I'm a man, I, I stand for strength and, and, and strong, but there's, you, you're still that, but <laughs> you're, you're choosing to have a different approach when, you know, combating other people or, or approaching other people or, or having that conversation with them. So I think it's a great name. I think it'll resonate with a lot of other people. You kept mentioning your journey, kind of your transformation. Um, tell me what it was for you that you started implementing or doing that kind of helped you from getting where you were to becoming this more peaceful warrior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so in my first blog, I talked about this. There was a uh, there was a, a counselor that I went to. He's very practical. He told me about five steps. There's just five things that you can try to increase or, or better in your life. Um, sleeping, your diet, just what you put into your body, social interactions, your spiritual interactions, and then uh, the exercise that you get. So I began to take that serious it was very practical advice uh, but at the time when i was breaking down mentally i realized that uh, they all are in conjunction with each other so as i increase one if i increase sleep it becomes easier to have energy which then becomes easier to have an exercise which then becomes easier to have a diet because you want to have that um, good nutrients going in rather than bad nutrients going in which is makes it easier to work harder because you have more energy so they all kind of compound on each other um, so in my transformation, um, there was a book called um, Tattoos on the Heart, which really spoke to me just in an incredible way about compassion and learning that we are all in the same place and that to show true compassion is to say, you need me and I need you. And I, I don't need you because I'm, I'm more sick than you are. You're more sick than I am, but we need each other because this is what compassion looks like. That book spoke to me. And then there was a book called... Um, the warrior's creed. And, uh, he talks about mindfulness and meditation and he's a special forces, Marine special forces, uh, did air force special forces and then uh, French foreign Legion special forces as well. Um, it really was one of those things that meditation, yoga, all these different things, they weren't just like you said, some sort of unmasculine or, or yeah, I'm going to lose my warrior or something. These are special forces guys that are doing this because they're in the heart of a war and a, and a battle. And your mind is, it can't handle that. It just, it just can't outside of the tools that you pick up, like breathing, like meditation, like being able to go in and calm yourself down. And so as I was reading those, and as I was looking, I realized that in the mission that, um, that you're in, in the mission that, that I'm in, that the war is for, for the same purpose, just a different war zone. I'm 
fighting for the men that are around me and you're fighting for the men that are around you. And it takes just the same amount of tools to be able to calm yourself down, to be able to become that peaceful warrior. And I do that through breathing techniques. I do that through meditating at night versus uh, sitting on uh, an electronic device and um, doing deep breathing, doing uh, uh, just thankfulness exercises. It's small things daily to put into place. And they make these differences that are incredible, but they do take that small things daily. And I think that that's the thing that I've really, really, really come to, uh, to, to grasp onto and to, to really make my adventure, to really make my journey. The adventure is I want to be a badass. I want to be a warrior. And I want to do that all the time. And I want other, others around me to do the same thing. And, and it just takes just a couple of things here and there. And all of a sudden, it's just opening up doors that are just incredible and seeing successes that are incredible. So I think for me, it's def- it's just small things, mindfulness and meditation that allows me to be able to kind of have the, that tool. Yeah, I mean, I love the how you kind of brought up the point that um, there's things that we can't control and there's things that we can control. Yeah. And I think that to that counselor's point, it was like, hey, listen, there's there's five areas here that you know, you really kind of have an opportunity to dictate on a daily basis uh, what you do with that. And to your point, it is kind of a snowball effect. Um, I always preach, you know, health is our greatest asset because when we have health, we're capable of doing lots of other things and, you know, and being the person that we, we need to be. And so, uh, and, and a lot of those things that you mentioned, there are all health related. Um, in one way, shape, or form when, when it comes to that. So you mentioned diet. Uh, were there any dietary strategies that you implemented that was specific to really kind of helping you out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great. Uh, yes, there was. So uh, I did intermittent fasting. Um, it was the easiest one that I could think of. I didn't really want to do keto. I tried that. Very difficult to sustain. Um, many of the low-carb diets, especially with F3 six days a week, difficult to not have the energy that I needed to be able to do some of the, uh, the beat down. Um, intermittent fasting, I started at noon and ended at 8 p.m. So it was an eight-hour window, 16-hour fast. Uh, and I quit drinking completely. So I was an alcoholic, quit drinking completely. Um, I dropped 50 pounds, dropped about 12% body fat. And uh, you said 50 pounds? Yes, sir. Yeah. I went wow. From Congratulations. On that, to man. 185. Thank you. It was an incredible thing. Uh, and it was sustainable because I didn't give myself a, a goal that I couldn't reach. So one of the, uh, one of the techniques that I've learned is that I'm good at goal setting at a ridiculous margin and will always find a way to fail and always find a way to play. Myself. So it's like, Hey, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds and I'm going to be David Goggins tomorrow. Can't wait. <laughs> and it's like, no. oh, you aren't. So you're a failure. And I was like, no, I, I I'm not. So, I started a journey of weight loss in the same way that I started a journey of mental health. This is going to be something that has to be sustainable. It has to be something that actually works. And it has to be something that I actually am willing to continue, that I'm motivated to continue. Because if it's just a, if it's just a management thing, if it's just diet management, if it's just, if it's just exercise management, then it doesn't work. Because eventually you're going to go back to the root of what you who you are. And for me, that route was a very negative place. And so the diet that I chose was sustainable for me. 
the exercising that I chose was sustainable for me through F3. And then the, uh, the social interactions in the midst of COVID, it was, I need to do something here. I have to be able to do something here. I will find a way to do something here because it was just too imperative for me not to. So I, I just like you said, I think they just health just begets health, begets health. And I started on one thing and that diet and quit drinking. And it was only for mental health. That was literally the only reason. If these things are connected, then I need my physical body to be as good as operationally as possible so that I can't look at that and say, if I was just here, then maybe my mind would be okay. But I needed to fix everything that I could first for myself before going in and saying, well, what can't I do now? And what do I need? Is that medication? Is that meditation? Is that counseling? Is it a combination? Got it. Well, man, again, congrats on, on the weight loss. I personally do the intermittent fasting as well. Uh, the same schedule, eight uh, or excuse me, 12 to eight, as far as a, a feed window. And, and I found that as well to be one of the most sustainable things from a dietary standpoint. Uh, I, I do try to eat clean outside of that, you know, when I do eat, but at the same time, I'm nowhere perfect. And it's, it's nice to have some freedom around that. Uh, not, not to be as dogmatic about what's going in our bodies. And, and, uh, I am glad that you recognize that setting those attainable and sustainable goals are going to serve you much longer than, you know, these obnoxious, you know, one size fits all do everything that you can, uh, as fast as, as possible. And it's, it's just unrealistic and, and hence why new year's resolutions fail all, all the time. Right. Uh, I think I mentioned it. Uh, on a previous tip was, you know, the, the problem with it is people try to make such a radical change overnight that is, they're not going to, they're not going to achieve that. And mental battle is the same thing. You're, you're not going to snap out of it um, overnight. You, you know, these, these negative thoughts aren't going to go away tomorrow just because you want them to go away tomorrow. Uh, they're not going to. Um, and I, I think I remember reading in your, um, your blog post, uh, about kind of, uh, you know, a, who you serve, but what you need to hear. And, and one of the things that you, you mentioned in that was, you know, I don't need, you know, in, in your instance, scripture kind of quoted at me about the, the power I have and, and God's power. I intellectually know that, but <laughs> it, it, no. it doesn't make it better overnight. No. Uh, it, it's a process. And so, I, I think that resonates with that. So speaking of who is the, the wounded or excuse me, the peaceful warrior serving. So, I mean, who is like the ideal person that you think would resonate with, with your message? I mean, who, who's this person or people that uh, you're looking to serve? Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, I, just to go back on what you had just said, uh, I heard a, a quote that was, um, it was really, it was directed towards me at the time. At least that's what it felt like. But it was, uh, it took you 20 plus years to learn these behaviors, and then you're expecting it to go away tomorrow. It's like, it's kind of ridiculous. It's, right. it's, it's just, if you think about it logically, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense why you're asking someone to change things that they put together for 25 years and say, hey, go ahead, you have the freedom now. So be it. So yeah, I, I love that. And, um, and I think uh, just to tag, just kind of move into who, this is for, to me, the people that I uh, resonate with, people that I find myself uh, the most kind of connecting with 
are the guys that um, I look at and they are uh, they're they're living a life where they they can't see themselves well anymore. They've lost the ability to to look at themselves and say that I'm enough, that I'm okay. They've put together too many actions that condemn them in their own mind, and they are now a constant failure in their own book. Um, it, 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 there's so many people in the military that this pertains to because once you get out of the military, you lose a lot of your sense of identity. You lose a lot of your sense of your purpose and your passion. Um, you got a mission, and that was really easy. It's simplistic lifestyle. Then you go into the real world, and people are asking you, you know, what do you do? How do you parent? How do you become a husband? It's like I don't know. I know I'd be a warfighter, pretty good at that, but I don't know how to do this. And uh, as I was um, kind of resonating, or as I was uh, going through that, and just really uh, kind of figuring out who it is that I talk to, who it is that this thing seems to resonate with. It seems to me that it is people that have been rejected and that feel that rejection still, that they feel that rejection inside of them so deeply that they have, again, lost the ability to look at themselves as anything but a reject, anything but a, a, a liar or a, a fraud or a phony. Um, survivor's guilt is a huge, huge, huge issue in this, uh, in this arena. People feel that I've been, I've, I'm the one that screwed up. Everyone else is okay, but why am I here and everyone else isn't here? And it's like, why am I surviving this and no one else is surviving this? It's, there's so many convoluted messages that start hitting you when you live a, a life where you feel that you're a fraud. And so um, the simple answer is, I think this affects and resonates with, with, with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. But if I was to pinpoint who I feel, I think that the uh, that the uh, F three community, the military community, um, first responder community, and then uh, the uh, LGBTQAI plus community. That was it's difficult. They have. I keep telling people, I'm like, could you write a book and tell us when you're going <laughs> to update one of the letters? Um, that's not even there. But uh, I found that uh, the struggle in in their and their struggles are, are very similar to the same struggles uh, with the military, where it's, what is my identity? What's my purpose? And how do I look at people and say, this is who I am without feeling like I'm, I'm betraying myself or that they're about to judge everything about me? So um, that's kind of a long-winded answer. I apologize. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I appreciate you kind of expounding a little bit. I, I kind of pulled an excerpt out of one of your blog posts a, a little bit as, as you were kind of talking there, just to to kind of give some more clarity, you write this in your blog and, and, and packs and listeners. Um, this is why you need to go read uh, his work, uh, Apollo's uh, work. But uh, you put on paper, I write this because I see a need to defend and be an advocate for the broken. And maybe by my vulnerability, give voice to others who have borne the, who have borne the weight of shame from their behaviors and are desperate to find healing also. I hope to give someone a look at a broken boy who is learning to be a man. So I am held accountable to continue with my healing and my growth. At the same time, I want to be a voice to the wary saying with certainty that you are not alone in your hidden shame, thoughts, and behaviors. Well, was good. Well. I've summed that up pretty well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, as I write, when I write things, it's much more concise than, than trying to explain it. But uh, I wanted to share that because I think that's beautifully written. I think that goes to the heart of the matter of, of, of kind of your heart 
uh, of, yep. of really where you want to take this and, and, and why you want to do this. Um, and, and, and I, I love that. So um, you've written a handful of um, blog posts. One, the, the first being kind of just defining who the peaceful warrior is. And you, and you kind of, uh, ex- we've kind of expounded on that a little bit. We kind of talk about who you're serving here um, and, and trying to be that advocate for the wary. Uh, and, and I think that's important. Uh, I will say that the other thing that I, I, I really enjoyed when you wrote there um, about that, um, because I think a lot of times um, to the point we've kind of already brought up just briefly was the, the biggest, I think, the obstacle or challenge uh, from someone trying to, quote unquote, help somebody that's struggling and those that being helped is not trying to be fixed. Um, and that really resonated with me when you kind of put that on paper. And I I just want to quickly read this and maybe you can, you can give me your thoughts on, on on this. And it's not verbatim to what you said. I kind of took some notes from it, but uh, you basically are saying, you know, what not to do if you approach somebody that you feel, or somebody approaches you and, or you recognize that someone's a weary soldier or weary warrior. Um, you said to begin, you need to understand that emotions are not based on logic, once you understand this, uh, not to be logical, it becomes impossible to fix us logically. It is so frustrating to hear verses I've already memorized said to me as if they're supposed to be a revelation and heal me right then and there, or when all the past platitudes are recited as if I haven't spent two decades saying them to myself, giving me one more thing to do. It's so frustrating when people try to fix us instead of just grieving, loving, and journeying beside us. For someone tried to fix us to push us further into shame, we already feel, or so, excuse me. So for someone to try to fix us is to push us farther into the shame we already feel. So obviously those are emotions that you have felt uh, in your journey, as far as kind of people approaching you and then what you recognize. So if you want to uh, expound a little bit about behind why you wrote that and, and, and how that can resonate with others. Absolutely. Um, and that goes into uh, some of the blog that I wrote written about uh, motivation. So it takes someone that is motivated to change to change. There's no such thing as universal motivation. There's no such thing as a platitude that will fix all or reverse that will fix all or a, 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 a end all be all uh, phrase. I wish there was. <laughs> I would love it if somebody could walk up to me and say, hey, th- th- this is it. Once you learn this, then all of a sudden you wake up every day. and It's just roses. So that would be great. But that's not reality. Um, so I really, 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 really wanted to be able to speak to the people that have come up to me. And there's been some incredible people that have said, how do I talk to this person? Because I, I don't know. And I've been really thankful to be a part of that conversation because the perspective that I have is you're, you're not trying to fix them. If you're trying to fix them, then don't talk to them at all, period. Just, just stay away. But if you are trying to live with them if you're trying to literally just hear them to see them for who they are and it's not about fixing it's about walking up to them and saying i see your pain i don't know what it is but i see you're in pain and i've been in pain and i've done a lot of really really crappy things to get rid of that i've done things to hurt other people so that i don't have that pain so i can i can empathize with pain. i know what that feels like and i've been hurt i've been in fear before i know what those things are so rather than me trying to tell you Stop being afraid. Stop being depressed. Stop being an addict. Instead of that, 
I just say, well, well, can I love on you? <laughs> can I sit with you? Can I be here with you? Because that's, that's what I needed. I needed someone to just be there with me. I needed someone that said, you're okay. It's okay that you're doing that. You're high. Okay. Very well. That, that's okay. You just cheated. Okay. Very well. It wasn't about the thing. It was about the fact that that person is that person, that they are hurt. They are needing someone to walk up and say to them, it's okay that you're doing those things because I see why you're doing it. I see that you're doing it out of pain. And, and no one wakes up and wants to be the crackhead. It's, you don't sit there and shooting heroin think, I'm doing really well for myself. So it's like the right answer is the easy answer. The right answer is to say, stop doing that. But that's not the whole answer. The whole answer is there is something inside of that person that needs to be hugged, healed, looked after, journeyed with, uh, and just beside. And it's the same cry that I have, and it's the same cry that everyone has at the core of them. How can I be loved? How can I be accepted? Am I enough? Did I do enough? Do people, do people see me that well? And, uh, and I think that to me, that's the right answer is to just hear them, to just see them, to just be with them. The healing comes later. It does. Because once you've decided that something is healed, there's not, no longer a need for you to shove that, that action in there anymore. And all of a sudden, it becomes a lot easier to say, well, why don't we look at your addiction now? Because you don't need it anymore. But that's a different conversation than saying your addiction is the thing that's holding you back or that this action is the thing that's holding you back. And therefore, you should stop that first and foremost. To me, that was just, it was just so imperative to do something different. Hmm. Man, uh, a lot of thoughts are going through my mind as I was listening to you kind of explain that because I've certainly been guilty of being that person, right? The person that tries to have an answer for somebody. I think as men, uh, specifically, we gravitate towards wanting to fix a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, we want to approach everything logical, like, yeah. hey, well, that's ill illogical. Here's what you really need to be doing. And, and here's, here's the five-step process of becoming yeah. the perfect person that you need to become. And I can't yeah. believe you're not doing that. And it's, it's all, it, you know, I think we're just wired that way, uh, you know, to have an answer and to try to fix it. And I love that you brought the attention to that's the last thing any of these people need to your point. They know that what they're doing is not optimal. You know, no one is doing that going, I think this is the best choice for my life. And because, you know, I'm really excelling and, and this is perfect. And I need to help other people to achieve these goals as well. You know, you're to your point, they're doing these things, destructive things because they're hurting and they're trying to numb something. Um, real or perceived, whatever that real is. Yeah. They're, they're trying to, to numb that. And for us to kind of approach them and with this logical approach, uh, is, is, is just real sobering to hear how, how, in, and, and it makes perfect sense. I mean, as you explain that, that makes perfect sense to me, um, because that's exactly what they need. They need love rather than some kind of correction. You wrote, uh, uh one of your sentences is what we desperately crave and need is to be accepted and loved without conditions. And, um, that's exactly what allows that healing process to occur is to kind of understand that regardless of what you're doing, you, you know, you can't mess up too much to where Amen. you're not lovable. And I Amen. think we mentioned that earlier. And so I think that at the root is part of that healing process. So, it's one thing to kind of go and, and listen and to hear and to love. 
Um, how do you help somebody understand this acceptance of that they're loved unconditionally? Um, you know, I, I know that you've mentioned your personal belief system as a Christ follower. Uh, that's the same belief system I follow. I am aware and constantly learning how it's because of his grace, because of his perfectness that I am worthy, uh, yes. that it's nothing I do. Yes. Um, but so that's one aspect, obviously, if, if you have a fellow believer, maybe, but how would you maybe approach somebody that doesn't have that belief system or how do you just kind of help people get to that point of understanding that unconditional love? Yeah, absolutely. This is something that I've been uh, really, really focusing on over the past week because uh, I had the, uh, you hit the nail on the head with, with some of the issues that I'm, that I'm looking at. Uh, it's really easy as a believer for me to say, well, God says that I'm loved unconditionally, therefore I can trust that. Uh, it's more difficult when you don't have that. Um, so I use the term standing in the gap for someone, um, standing in the gap for someone when they don't feel that unconditional uh, love or acceptance for themselves. So I have found that um, regardless of what you believe or don't believe in a higher power, the only possible way that you are able to tell yourself that you're enough is for you to start telling yourself you're enough. I mean, it really comes down to either you believe that you're enough or you don't. Now, unfortunately, the people that are in the place that they're at, most of the time, can't. they've just lost that ability. And so the, the term standing in the gap for me is to say, I'll be that person for you. And I will tell you everything that I've done. So that when I say I love you, I mean it because you know that I've been, I've done all these other things, that I've seen all these other things, that, that it's not just this rosy life. And he's saying, oh, yeah, of course I love you because it's really easy. And, and, you know, but as soon as you screw up, I'm not going to love you anymore. So standing in the gap for someone until they can until they can conceptualize themselves as being okay is what I've found is the only way that I've been able to actually pull someone that isn't a, a believer in that way. Because again, it's difficult if you know everything about yourself and then you say, well, I don't trust myself. Well, how are you going to trust somebody else when they say they trust? You already know that you don't trust yourself. So it's very difficult for anybody else to have that compelling uh, or uh, truth into your life. Um, and the reason for my blog, the reason why I want to write, the reason why I, my credo and what I want to do to stand in that gap is because there are too many people that don't have anything that they can hold on to. They don't have a person or a, a higher power that is, that is convincing them that they're okay. And to hear somebody say that they're okay outside of their actions, I've seen people break down and cry because of it. And it was literally just because that was one of the first few times that they had heard that. So it's difficult, but I will say that standing in the gap is what I want to do and then raise up the men that I am trying to speak to to become a peaceful warrior to stand in the gap for somebody else. Because it, it's not me, it's, it's all of us together doing this. And a few select people just have to start standing up a little bit. And that's pretty much it. Got it. And that makes perfect sense. And uh, I was, as you were thinking or speaking, I was kind of thinking too, as a believer, you know, one of the things we're charged with is, is, you know, kind of live as Christ, uh, love our brothers and, and, and sisters and, uh, and God really, those are the two uh, most prominent commandments or the, the important uh, based on my understanding and by showing 
Christ-like love to these people, you're almost kind of, to your point, standing in that gap that they can't, you know, understand on their own and kind of seeing you doing that, um, it, it really is transformative. Uh, and and I, I can see how that can be a, a huge benefit. So help us out, um, you know, because there, there's those that are out there struggling and that there's those of that um, maybe not currently in those dark spots, but that can be that person that stands in the gap. So if you're somebody, let's just take F3 for an example. What are some of the things that we as a PACS can be looking out for as far as other men are concerned so that we can maybe know when it's appropriate to go and and say something to someone like that uh, and just love on them? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really, really, really good question. Um, And then if I could back up just for a second, I could spend hours talking about uh, God, Christ, and what he has done in my life. The ultimate goal for me is to lead people into that. Um, And I do it in a variety of ways. But ultimately, to your point, there is absolutely nothing that could have done for me what has happened outside of God grabbing me forcefully and shaking me so hard that he said, I love the hell out of you and I will never stop. And you have to start believing that. So I'm obsessed with, with that. And I'm obsessed with the idea that his grace is just that big. Um, but I've also, I've also believed in a God that was very harsh. And so I know how it is to believe in something that I don't see as God now, but either you don't believe or you believe in this, you know, this God that's just constantly trying to punish you. Well, yeah, I can see you trying to get away from it. You're already punishing yourself hard enough. You don't need somebody else to punish you. So, yeah, I think that uh, I, I could spend hours and I try not to because it's one of those things that I know I'm trying to be open to all men here. But uh, to me, the ultimate goal is to, to love the Lord your God, then love yourself as he sees you so that you can pour that love to others. And it has right. to be a God to you to then to others. And I think that that's uh, something that just really kind of spoke to me, but uh, going to just kind of what other packs you do, just the F3. Um, I, I see people uh, isolated all, all over the place. If you're working out and you have cafeteria at the end of it or something like that, you see somebody that's isolated, it's kind of like sitting alone in the lunchroom. It's not that hard to see somebody. It's not that hard to see somebody when they're struggling. struggling. To me, they kind of become pretty apparent. Um, once you recognize someone, with whatever way, maybe they've said something. The biggest first step to me is to be beside them, not face to face where it's almost like a threat, but just beside them side by side. And to extend the idea that I'm here, not anything else, just, Hey, I see you. I love you. And I'm here. Uh, I just want you to know that I'm, that I'm, that I'm here. It's not anything. And, and, and they may not have any kind of response to it, but you planted a seed. You planted a seed into them that they now they're questioning why this person that doesn't know them is starting to talk. Why did they just come up to me and say that they that they see me? And it it takes that seed that gets planted to be able to start growing this budding health that can take over eventually. But in the initial stages, you're not trying to to take everything like we just talked about 20 years worth of BS that you're trying to overcome in one conversation is, is un, unrealistic. It's absolutely and completely just 
it's a goal that you're setting that can never be achieved. The biggest thing to do is when you see someone that is hurting is to be beside them and to be able to say, I'm here and I'm hurting in many areas also, but I just want you to know that I'm here. Um, from there, I've never seen a relationship that didn't start moving forward after that. But if I were to approach this person and say, hey, what's wrong with you? Hey, is everything okay? And I'm pressuring them now. I'm, 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 I'm forcing them into sharing something that, they, that they've been probably holding on to for years. They're not just going to say, oh, I know, I love Apollo. I've, I've met him twice, so I'm definitely gush out everything about my life to him. It just doesn't work that way. And I think that too many times we have the right answer. And we try to fix just like you had talked about. And the first step is not to know the right answer, not to fix. It's to stand beside that person and say, I'm here. And I love you. Just wanted you to know that you're awesome. And then to move forward. And that person comes back. I mean, they do. I've, I've said it to too many people for them, for me not to know the examples time and time again, when somebody will come back and be like, all of a sudden they're telling me something. And then they go, man, I, I haven't said that to somebody. Well, it's just because they trusted. They, I put some trust in their life because I wasn't trying to challenge them or fix them. And I think that that's the most important piece. That it's the mentality of saying, I'm just as messed up as, as you are. And I'm just in, as in need of acceptance and love as you are. And I'm feeling it right. And so I want to pour it into you because the moment that I'm not feeling it, I need it poured in. And I need a bunch of people around me that feel that pouring so that they can do it for me. Because sometimes hour by hour, I lose it. And uh, it's just needed. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that uh, kind of clarity on kind of recognizing it and really that first step, because I think those of us that maybe have not been to the level of you have as far as a helping somebody else out or personally kind of been in that dark spot, it's, you know, we're clueless. We're ignorant on what to say. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to say it. Um, so, and, and, I love the simplicity of, Hey man, I see you. I hear you. I, I love you. And, and that's just real simple and, and true. And it just speaks to the importance of why we go to the gloom and post, you know, it's cliche, it's, excuse me, cliche at this point to kind of say it, but you know, we post not for ourselves, but for other people. And, yeah. and, and, it, and really it could be life-saving. Uh, if, if you constantly show up and, are attentive and, and looking around. Cause I think that's the other mistake we might fall into as we get there, we make it about ourselves. We make it about our workout. We make it about our personal fitness goals. We make it about what we can do that day to improve our own personal lives instead of being observant. And, yes. you know, some of us are more trained than others. I mean, you, you, for instance, have a lot of experience and for you to see maybe a guy that's needing that, that, that love nudge might be uh, much easier to do than myself or, or somebody else that, that doesn't have as much practice. But right. I think if we're showing up looking for that, uh, I think if we know a guy well enough, meaning if we posted with somebody a few times and uh, to your point, you can kind of know, you, 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 you have that gut feeling if you're wanting to look for it, if that, Hey, you know it. what, that, eh, that guy seems a little off or he doesn't seem as engaged or he doesn't seem like he feels like he's fitting in or something just is off, uh, whether it's at the post or a uh, cafeteria to your point. Um, yeah. And I think having the confidence and the courage to go up to that person and, and do what you just did 
is really a powerful, incredible. So let's flip the script though. What if you are that man struggling? You know, what, what if you are that guy um, that, you know, you're thinking, you know, really bad thoughts and you're kind of going through the motions and maybe this is my last date up three, because I know after today I'm never coming back and I'm going back. What advice do you have for that person to, to maybe help be engaged by other men um, to help them out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going back to uh, that uh, uh, counselor that I had that had the five kind of practical steps, there was another thing that he had said to me, which was uh, change the track in your head. You have a negative track that's running right now. And it's as easy as you choosing to change the track in, in, inside your head. Now, again, simple, but not easy. So it's a simple solution, very, uh, but very hard one in the sense that it does take practice. Um, but one of the things that uh, has been incredibly helpful to me, um, I got pretty depressed uh, during Christmas and um, looking back on the year, all I could see was the negatives. All I could see was areas that I hadn't done enough that I had um, quote unquote failed or, or whatever. Uh, it took another PAX telling me the things that I had done this year. Here's the accomplishments that you've had. Here's the things that you've done. It was a very simple script shift in my head, but it allowed me to be able to give myself some grace and then to be able to give myself a pat on the back a little bit, not out of arrogance, but out of this pride of saying, I take pride in the fact that I've done good work and I need to focus on that good work as opposed to focusing on the things that I haven't done. That shift is very, very, very difficult. But the first piece of advice that I can give anybody in this area is number one, you're not alone at all. There are so many men, so many women, so many people that are struggling in the same areas. And for you to feel isolated is for you to allow a lie and a manipulation to be perpetrated inside of your head. That you, the enemy or whoever, whoever you want to claim, your own self, it wants to feel isolated. It wants to feel uniquely isolated. So the first and foremost is to say, I'm not isolated. I'm not alone. From there, it is extremely, extremely, extremely imperative to be able to say, I have done things well. And if all I do is focus on the not well, then I can find a thousand reasons why I hate everything in myself included. But if I can just for one second put the script and say, I've done this one thing well today, I said, thank you to a barista. Decent day. But that kind of thing, that one step, allows for one more movement in a, uh, in a dark area. So I was using analogies, physical um, sport or whatever. Uh, I've hiked some very, um, I've hiked some mountains. I've also been in situations in the military where we've had to go and just attack a hill or something like that. And it's been extremely difficult and, and, and physically challenging um, and mentally challenging time. But I don't look at the entire hill. I look at the next step that I'm doing. And I can take one more step today. And sometimes that hour by hour is one more step. Sometimes it's just literally making it to, to lunch, making it to, to a beatdown tomorrow. And sometimes you get to look and see a little more of the whole. But in the beginning stages, it is, I am dark. I'm in a very bad place. First and foremost, you're not alone. Second, Flipping the script is one thing that you can choose. It's a choice. It's not an easy choice, but it's a choice. And the choice that you make is either I want 
mental health or I don't want it. Either I want overall health or I don't want it. And if you want overall health, if you really want it, then these, then, then one step is to be able to say, I'm not going to look at the negative right now, but just not. I'm just going to choose not. I'm going to choose to be able to say, I did something well today, yesterday, and the day before, and I'm okay right now. Um, but again, it's do you want it? Because if you don't want it, then you could spend your entire life sitting in misery and sitting in shame. But to me, that was unattainable. That was untenable. I couldn't, it wasn't ever going to work. It was that or suicide. So I may as well choose the other path. So yeah, if I'm, if I'm in that dark place, the words that I needed to hear was number one, I'm not alone. Number two, I'm loved. And number three, there is positive out there. And if I could focus on it just for a second, it allows the negative to be at bay just for one more step. Man, that's, that's great advice. And I know that's going to serve a lot of people, um, the, the, that wisdom that you just spread and, and brought up a couple of good points. Um, one is that gratitude. One is that looking at the positive things in life. It's not always easy to do, but to your point, you do have control over what's in your, your mind. Uh, yeah. As much as we don't believe that sometimes, or we want to kind of spiral out of control with these negative thoughts, the truth is you are in control of, of what you think about. And if you can just redirect it slightly to that positive light, and I think I've shared this on previous podcasts, whatever, you know, I utilize a tool on a morning basis that, that requires me to write three things I'm thankful for every morning. And so that. that allows me to start my day off right away with three things I'm thankful for. And, and research shows that you can't simultaneously think about all the problems you have in life as you are grateful for other things. I mean, you yep. just can't, it's one or the other. Right. And so just kind of reframing that. So let me just encourage guys to, to maybe it doesn't have to be three, just right. start your day with one thing one. that you're thankful for. And we, and it can be as simple as I have oxygen to breathe this very second. I mean, yes. you know, it, it can be super simple or it can be more complex uh, about something specific in your life, whatever that might be. It allows us to kind of spiral in the other direction than the direction that, that I think a lot of guys or, and women kind of go in, you know, out of control with. So I, I love the fact that you brought that point up. I think that's uh, very vital when it comes to mental health, as far as kind of uh, reframing where, where we sit and, and who we are. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, Pax, if you're listening, um, and this is you, that you'll be able to take some of this advice and, and really start putting in that other, uh, you know, implement it on a daily basis. And just another um, encouragement, and I think it'd be echoed across the nation and the world in any COT is, guys, we're here for you. We love you. Um, we are there. Those guys that are exercising next to you, trust me, we want to know if there is something that is really moving you in the wrong direction. Um, there is you know, to Apollo's point, there's somebody in that circle that I promise has done something just as, you know, heinous as you have, uh, in life and, and, or thought or, yes. or whatever that might be. And, you know, you are unconditionally loved, uh, Amen. and you will be supported and, you know, do not feel shameful about sharing yes. those things with us in the gloom, because that's what we are for. And therefore, 
And um, I just want to, you know, make sure that we reiterate that yes. uh, as we kind of close out the podcast here yes. so that they know that. So, man, uh, golly, I mean, we could talk for hours and, and, <laughs> and, and packs and, 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 and audience, let me encourage you to go check out the blog post Apollo has written and will continue to write, right? This yes. is an ongoing process. Ongoing uh, process. Yeah. So do me a favor, Apollo. Um, tell me uh, where PAX can find the blog post. I will put it in the show notes and any other contact information you would like to share so, so men and women can reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, am, I don't have a website domain yet, so it's a Wix website. Uh, I threw it together because I was like, I'd rather have the blogs up first rather than try to mess with the, my ADHD will sit there and let me mess with that, that website for about two years without ever actually doing anything. Um, so the, uh, uh, if we could post the link, that would be great. Now on my Facebook page, I've posted them on the uh, Slack channel for three, I've posted them. And then on the band channel, I've posted them. My cell phone and personal email address are on the website. And uh, I have, uh, and I've encouraged people. And I actually had a guy last night who took me up on that, just texting me. And uh, hadn't, it wasn't somebody that I'd ever met before or knew, but um, it was encouraging because again, this idea that you're not alone, this is, this is my, personal, my personal email, my personal cell phone, but it's not because I'm some sort of awesome dude, you know, I can do this for days or anything. It's just because, again, I want to be able to be, take the first step. And I think that you in this podcast are taking this step. I think people are listening, they're taking a step. And that step is just, it's just incredible because that opens up the door for healing and freedom, but it is a first personal step. And so um, it, it, all of my information is there because I want to be a person that allows somebody to take a first step if they need to. Um, so I, I wish that I had Addison, God Stevens, or the Peaceful Warrior, uh, but all those things are, are taken. So I'm trying to find a, uh, a domain name that I can use, but right now it's a Wix site. That's just a Wix dot Addison Stevens, but, uh, I'll post it. I'll link it or, and have you. Yeah. Like, like I said, I'll add it to the show notes so, so people can kind of click and go directly there. And, and that way they can have a direct link to you and, and obviously find you on. So what's your handle on the Slack channel? The national on the Slack, Slack channel? Yeah. On the Slack channel, I'm uh, out of follow. Um, oh, okay. And, uh, and I have, I posted it on the mumble chatter uh, F3 nation Slack channel. So if you're on that, uh, it's on that. And I'll suppose in the mental health one that uh, Hello Kitty had invited me to as well. So um, I try to be part of me is very, I want to be conscientious of the fact that not everyone's going to read this. And they're like, why are you bugging me with another pod or another uh, blog? Uh, but at the same time, I feel like this is something that is uh, needed. So uh, uh, again, encourage um, everyone. If, if it's, if it resonates great, if it doesn't, and then amen, you're probably in a better place. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and, and, you know, let me just encourage you to keep posting to, to the point we made earlier. It's going to resonate with those that resonate. It, it's not going to resonate with it that, 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 you know, aren't going to resonate with it, but you're going to be helping a lot of guys. Um, and if we allow ourselves to try to limit what we influence because we're worried about what other people think, then, you know, you're never, you're not going to help anybody. So let me yeah, encourage amen. that. So I want to just finish up with two final questions here. Uh, one is this, and you've, you've shared tons of tips already, but if you had three tips to kind of help stimulate someone on their hunt for wellness, what would that be? Yeah, I was thinking about this a lot. Um, the first thing, uh, like I said, is to say that, uh, um, that I'm enough. 
that's the first step. The first step is to say, I, I, I as a person, am enough. I'm enough. And I'm, I'm okay with who I am. Um, that's the first uh, critical step. The second one is to walk into the freedom of saying that no matter what happens, I am still going to be enough. And I'm still going to be that lovable and like, or a, a acceptable person. Um, and then the third step is then to say, well, after all of that, I then get to piece together the lifestyle that I want based on the freedom that I have, because I don't have to worry about this fear of somebody uh, judging me or myself judging myself, because I realize that at the core of me, I'm enough. Then I can piece together my actions, my responses, the way I dress, the way that I look, um, my pronouns that I use, whatever it is. I can look at that later because those aren't identity shaping issues. Identity shaping issues is who you are at the core of your person. So the three steps that I would say is recognize that you are enough in that recognition, begin to live in the freedom of saying, I don't have to constantly do a mea culpa every single time that I screw up. And then number three, take that realization and start piecing together your life after that, after that freedom. Nice. Uh, the great steps and, and uh, very applicable and people's, you know, life-changing really if they, they implement that. So I do have one final question for you, but before I ask that, I just want to take a few seconds here and just a, acknowledge you, uh, say thank you for coming on the podcast today and being vulnerable and sharing your story and, and really kind of the work you're doing and, and the lives you're going to change and have already changed. Uh, so I just want to say, I appreciate you. I love you. I thank you for what you're doing. And, um, you know, F3 and, and the world appreciates it. So uh, keep up the good work, brother. Hey, Amen. Thank you. And I love you too, man. I appreciate this. This is just a, an incredible answer from God. He, uh, this was one of my, I don't know, it was a dream of mine to be able to go on to the F3 podcast. I, I'm obsessed with F3. And <laughs> I just sat there and said, it would be so cool. So this is a dream. And I love, I love you. I love the fact that, uh, the, that I'm able to do this. Thank you. I well, appreciate it, brother. Honored. So my final question is this, what is your definition of wellness? Gosh, I love this question. I really do. Uh, I was listening to do a podcast yesterday. It was really, really, really incredible and insightful. One of the things that uh, this poet was talking about, uh, she said, I'm, I'm hesitant to use the word health. Health, health sounds like an end goal. Someday you're all of a sudden just going to be healthy. And I don't think that's really how it works some of the time. And this is what she was saying. Um, I like that because it is a journey. We talked about this. We're not going to always be there. So when I think about the word um, health, or when I think about the word um, just, uh, um, you know, moving forward, or, 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 or what does it look like to have some sort of uh, positivity or something like that? When I look at that, and I think about that, I think about a journey where you are sitting in your own head saying, today I made positive changes and positive uh, uh, inching along positively. To me, that is what the, the, the goal is because it is not a knock, knock out of the park. I would love it to be just a home run every single time that all of a sudden, this, this, this means that you are just free and totally and completely, uh, you know, healthy from all of these mental and emotional baggage that you're carrying around. I don't think that's it. I do think though, that, that, that health is, is a process. It's a journey. And to me, the definition is always going to be how much excitement can I have towards that journey? Because I want to be 
alive. I want to be in an adventure. I want to be healthy and I want to be living this incredible life that has been given to me. But I can only do that if I journey through it and if I do it every single day. All right, bro. That's perfect. I agree. Health is a journey, man. Thanks again for being on the podcast. Thanks, Bones. Love the band. Talk to you soon. All right, brother. Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation Slack at bones, or Twitter at HFW podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.